to work on the basis that if we get something right for the environment, it's usually right for the economy and public welfare as well. Hello and welcome to the LifeWatch Eric podcast, A Window on Science. Now in this third season, we're trying to extend our interviews a little outside of the e-science infrastructure itself, while still focusing on biodiversity and ecosystem research. But we're wanting to talk with individuals and organizations who contribute to open science and the study of invasive alien species. And I'm pleased to say my guest today is Mike Elliott. Mike is Professor of Estuarine and Coastal Sciences at the University of Hull in the UK and Director of the International Estuarine and Coastal Specialists Limited, which I think is a sort of um, consulting arm. Um, he's a marine biologist and his teaching, research, advisory and consultancy includes estuarine and marine ecology policy governance and management. He joins us today to talk about the intriguing concept of ocean optimism, which I love as a title. To all our listeners, wherever you may be, thank you very much for joining us today. I'm Julian Kenny. It's great to have your company. Good morning, Mike. You're a busy man. <laughs> Good morning, Julian. It's great, great to be with you and really nice to talk to you and, and, and all the listeners. Um, Yes, the, the, these things keep me busy, but um, uh, better that than uh, sitting there with my feet up, I think. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see if you change your mind on that one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, straight into these questions. Mike, um, forgive my ignorance. How many oceans are there and why are they important? Mm. Uh, th th thanks, Julian. Um, as you mentioned at the start, we're talking about ocean optimism and, and um, um, you, you, your listeners may be interested to, to know about a paper I've recently done with Ankle Borja in Spain uh, on ocean optimism where we go into these. Um, uh, the purists would say there is four or even maybe five oceans uh, and, and your, your listeners may be familiar with them, the Pacific, the Atlantic, the Indian, the Arctic, and also the uh, Antarctic. But actually, the key feature here is that they're all interconnected. And we talk about a, a, a world ocean conveyor belt. And this links all the oceans. And more importantly, it links the oceans to the climate uh, and, the, and, of course, the land. So anything we do on land and the atmosphere affects the oceans and, and, and vice versa. Um, they're, they're important because of that link. And your listeners will, will realize that there is many things that we do in the oceans. You know, we want food, we have navigation, we want recreation, um, many things. They give us employment. And they're important because of all those things. So the big idea in looking after those oceans is to say um, – Two, really two things. How do we look after the natural system there and also deliver what humans want? Um, to put this in a, in a nutshell, um, we talk about a triple whammy, you know, three things that hit in the oceans. One is an increased industrialization and urbanization. 
um, an increased use of resources, such as food and space and so on, and, and water, and a decre decreased resistance and resilience to, um, to larger threats, such as climate change. And all of these threats, all of these problems, not only were they uh, documented in the in the recently the, the recent book that came out, the Second World Ocean Assessment, which your listeners can download. It is free from the UN, um, and also this led to the UN Decade of the Ocean uh, UN Decade of Ocean Science from 2021 to 20. 30, which accompanies another UN decade, which is ecosystem restoration. And all of these aim to firstly stop the decline in, 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 in ocean health and then reverse it and, and give us better oceans for the, for the future. Mm. So you're saying that the ocean is in bad shape with three triple whammies. Why are we talking about optimism? Uh, We've been talking about the state of the oceans and indeed the state of the environmental decline for probably six decades now. We've been describing how bad things are getting, how many uses we've had of the ocean and indeed abuses of them. But we're now understanding the system much more and therefore if we understand it then um, it, it gives us a chance to help manage it and, and improve it. And indeed, as you mentioned at the beginning, this is one of the uh, raison d'etre of, of LifeWatch Eric because it's trying to help us to understand the oceans, the coasts and the oceans, and, and therefore to, to manage them. So what, why I think there's many initiatives now trying to suggest there are many things we can do about this this then gives us this idea of, of ocean optimism. And, and the optimism stems from the fact that we are uh, now encouraging um, collaboration at national, regional, international levels, all, all the way up to, um, to, to UN. And, and this is really what many of us are, are working to. It, it, I, I suppose in a nutshell, it's having good science and understanding leading to good management and and really the idea of saying we, we've got the tools at our disposal we've got the ideas we've got the concepts now we we should be putting them into place but i think that's why we're saying it is optim we are optimistic that we can try and turn these things around um as has been said many many times you know the um uh, the problem is people, and the solution is people. Hmm. So we can, we, if we try and get um, many of these ideas into place, then um, hopefully we can we can be more optimistic about the future. But it requires us uh, to do the work. Yes. Okay, and take a positive stance on it. Yep. So I understand that um, you describe four priority topics for positive action. Yep. Can you walk us through those quickly, please? Yeah, I, I, some of these are, let's say some of these are local problems, like um, we, we want sustainable food from the oceans. We mm. want fish and, and, and shellfish, for example. And here we talk about blue foods and we talk about the blue economy and there's, oh, there's, there's, there's any number of blue things to try and get, mm. get the message over to, to, to people. and. 
Within these, if we have got good management, we should try and get that sustainable food. Now, that's not only wild catching of food, but it's also uh, aquaculture as well. So that, that, that's one of the things. Um, the, the second priority topic is restoring what we've damaged over the years. And I mentioned there was a UN decade of, of, mm. of ecosystem restoration. So yeah. restoring our estuaries and coasts that we've, we've damaged in the, in the past. The third one is the stuff we put into the sea. So fishing is where we take things out of it. But the third of these is where we put stuff into the sea, which we might call contamination. And if the contamination harms the natural system, it, we, we get, we get, it's what we call pollution. And, and I, guess, I, I guess the most notable uh, source of this at the moment is, is marine litter. You know, the fact that marine litter is coming from, well, we used to think it, most of it came from about 100 rivers worldwide, but actually it's probably nearer 1,000 rivers. But all that waste where people, people throw it into the nearest port, uh, piece of water and hope it goes away, you know, the idea of out of sight, out of mind. Mm. And, then, and then the fourth aspect is the, the oceans, the links with climate change um, uh, and mitigation of climate change. And what we're thinking about now is what we, what I might call eco-engineering and geoengineering, that is managing the seas and using the seas to try and manipulate the, ocean, uh, the, the climate. So some of your listeners will have heard things like you know, uh, putting iron filings in the sea to yes. increase productivity hmm. or increasing algae or, or, or whatever, um, increasing algal biomass or, or even pumping carbon dioxide causing uh, climate change, pumping the carbon dioxide to deep rocks or deep levels. So, so those four things... Some are local problems, fishing, um, restoration. Some are global, litter mm, and, mm. and climate change and so on. Mm. But it all comes down to people. So I'd like to ask you, who do, which people do we really need to influence most? And, and if we just take, for example, the contamination, the marine litter issue, yeah. who, who do we need to be talking to? Yeah, it's interesting, Julian. We're, we're talking about, the seas, we're talking about the oceans, and Life Watch Eric is looking outwards to the seas and, and, and the coasts and so on. But we have to remember that litter is a it's a land problem. It's most of it is land origin. Now I know we've got some litter from fishing, and this leads to things like ghost fishing and um, tangling um, uh, sort of turtles and so on and, and sharks. But most of it is coming from the land. And if you think about it, most of it, it's a behavioral problem. It's trying to overcome this, this habit that we all have of throwing our litter into the nearest bit of water because we know it gets taken away somewhere. The only problem is it doesn't get taken away. We end up with these massive gyres, these accumulations of litter in the oceans, and, and there's, I think there's a gyre in each of the major oceans I mentioned earlier, at least one um, a gyre there. So the, the, we need to reach, um, we need to reach the man and woman in the street, as we would say in, in, in the UK, the man and woman on the Clapham omnibus. 
no, the, 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 the local people, um, because they're the ones that are, are going to hopefully change their behavior. And, and, and dare I say it, a, a, a few of us, now I, I, I shan't make um, guesses about your, your, your age, uh, Julian, but um, I, having met you, uh, I know you're not exactly like me, uh, uh, neither am I a spring chicken. <laughs> and and we may have to sort of focus on getting the message to to younger kids and uh, younger children and so on. Oh, um, uh, I mean, my grandchildren are very well aware of 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 of, of litter and environmental problems. But 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 let's let's to to be more serious. We need two aspects. We need what it, what we talk about as a bottom up approach. Things coming from people. Yeah, and again, this is why. LifeWatch Eric is trying to reach those those wider groups, um, and then a, a top-down approach, you know, um, coming from the UN and our governments and so on. But that behavioural change needs us to have a, a whole cycle approach. We have to think about not only how do we stop litter and rubbish and garbage going into the sea, but how do we stop producing it altogether. Now, we need plastics. Plastics are very valuable for many things. But we have mm -hmm. to get to the um, having a cycle where we don't throw them away, where we recycle them, when we, where we reuse them and so on. Where we have a system, and it may be fueled by um, an economic approach or a technology approach or a, a policy and governance approach to, to trying to um, control this uh, th this problem, uh, and if we let's work on the basis that if we get something right for the environment, it's usually right for the economy and public welfare as well. If if we have a clean environment, then we will get the fish and shellfish that we can eat, and and, and so on. So um, the the we need systems of managing the problem. Now, we talk a lot about monitoring the area and monitoring how much litter there is. Well, um, monitoring is not a management response. Monitoring is the way of working out, did your management work sort of thing? Yeah, did it, did it do, do anything? Yeah. That's right, yes. Did, did your management in the past work and will your management in the future work? So trying to reach those groups is quite important. Okay. And so in this sort of context, trying to get through to those groups, is this where we try? We want to change the narrative? I'm not sure we want to change it. I think we have to keep saying that we have to keep telling people what the solutions are. We have to keep telling people that, that there are ways of solving these problems that I, 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 I was talking about. Um, that the, there are ways of reducing our carbon footprint. I mean, your, your, your listeners saw this in the pandemic. All of a sudden, overnight, we were reducing our carbon footprints and, and, and we could detect that. So we, the, the narrative is there, but it's actually showing people that the narrative works. You know, if we do reduce the amount we fly, the amount of fuel we use and things like that, then it does have an effect and we can reduce the um, the amount of carbon and so on. 
we can change our fishing pressures, uh, our fishing measures. We can change to aquaculture and so on. Um, we, we, we can do all those. Um, uh, I think it was, it, it was Winston Churchill who said, um, you, you, you don't say 20 different things. You say one thing 20 times, 20 times. and it might just go in. And, and mind you, he was talking about politicians who are perhaps, yeah, not the best example. Yeah. Principles of public relations. Yes. It's yeah. True. Um, uh, yeah. So, so getting over that measure, that thing now go, going, uh, going back to what we started talking about of these global initiatives, these past two years have been talked about as the super year for the oceans. Yes. Because there's been so many in- initiatives, not only the, Sustainable Development Goals, the uh, World Oceans Assessment, the um, UN Decades, but also the GN, G7 Futures of the Oceans and UNEP Global Environmental Monitoring and, and so on. So there's lots of these things happening, which is why we're saying it's, it's, um, th- there is cause for optimism if we get all of these things right. Um, uh, just a, a very, very brief point, though, is that many of these initiatives are encouraging people to do something, but but the actions come down to people, and, and actually, dare I say it, the funding, it has to come down to you know, local people, local um, a, 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 a country, and so on. Um, um, at the moment, we, we spend relatively small amounts on the oceans, Compared to space um, space research, we spend minor amounts yes. on it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, there's people, you know, this is not somebody else's problem. This is something, something we can all contribute to. Mike, the, um, we're covering a lot of ground here. And usually at this point, I try to attempt a bit of a summary. But um, I, I suspect you're in a better position to summarize for our listeners, yeah, um, uh, th- thanks, Julian. Although, you, yeah, you, you you have been involved in these these discussions for for many years as well. Um, I think there are there are a set of lessons in this. One is having good science on which policy is based, but also having policy based on on the science. Um, yes, ensuring that scientists. We're part of society as well, and we play a role in decision making. We have a role in decision making, and that's why we can we we can push this um, the optimism side. Um, looking for solutions that cover all the aspects, not just the natural sciences, the ecology, and so on, but also the social sciences. Um, as, as Bill Clinton mentioned, you know, no, when, when asked, well, what's the most important topic? And it, no, it's the economy. Um, I, I used to talk to politicians about a healthy ecology. Now I, I, I don't. I talk to them about a, a good economy and a sustainable economy and human welfare. And then say, and by the way, if we, if we can do that and get good ecology, then, uh, then, then, then fine. Mm. Um, the, the thing I mentioned just now, a top-down approach. So we need direction from the top, the UN and our governments, but also we need the input from bottom up. We need uh, people and, and, and so on um, uh, to, 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 to um, uh, 
to lead us through this. Um, and we, we have to be careful that we don't just um, we don't just talk talk. We have to do the walk walk, as it was. And 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 you'll have seen this so many times. We've had so many. Um, declarations we've had so many global meetings mm. you know linking you no know, lisbon uh, which was last week the un oceans uh, cop 26 last year cop 27 this year and we have to make sure that that that, that is actually put into um into action uh, the, there was a saying in english that the, um, uh, the 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 road to hell is paved with, with good, good intentions, intentions. Yes. Uh, and 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 we've got those we now just have to put those into action mm. Wh- which again and i mentioned a couple of times is why i think many of us are heartened with with um initiatives like life watch eric where you're where it's trying to reach that wider people, uh, the wider group. It's trying to make sure that the evidence and the information is suitable to to get out, and it and it needs the platforms that, that LifeWatch Eric is developing in order to get that information out. Because of of course, um, yes, we could take decisions without the information and data, but actually, if we've got the information and data in the right form in the right place. Hopefully, it makes the decisions better anyway. Fantastic. So, I mean, my summary, there is room to hope. And um, my hope is that uh, this medium, this podcast, will you know, get around, that people will listen to your words of wisdom, and we can all play a larger part in that bottom-up effort to meet with the top-down effort of, say, the United Nations, and we're all in this together. Mike, um, thank you. It's um, These are the times we live in. Very interesting. Exactly, Julian. Uh, I think they, um, yes, we are creating the problems, but we always yeah. have. Um, what, what, I, what I hope is that people don't, um, they don't, they're not told so often that Armageddon is coming and it doesn't come and then they get disillusioned and say, oh, what do you experts know about these Crying wolf, yeah. yeah that's, it. that's it, exactly. So what I hope is, I, I think we are getting the messages over. Um, there are some people that are not necessarily listening, I think, but um, is it that they're hearing and not listening or something they like that? They just ducked out but, for a coffee. Um, we'll see. <laughs> no, There's a yeah, way. that's good. Anyway, uh, I hope that's, that's uh, yeah, that's very interesting. Thank Thanks you very lot. much for your time and your expertise. And a big thank you also to our listeners. Um, please get in touch. Please follow up. Um, visit our website, www.lifewatch.eu. Um, be sure to let your friends and work colleagues know about our cloud-based uh, data and computing facilities at LifeWatch Eric and, and how we can all positively contribute to finding solutions to these environmental dangers that we all face. So thank you all around. Thank you to my producer, Fabrizio, without whom none of this would work. Um, I look forward to enjoying your company in future podcasts in A Window on Science. <laughs>